So I'm going to listen to Luisa's song later. Straight banger. <laughs> it was pretty good. I think Lynn did a good job writing the music again. So it's no Moana, like- but it will do. <laughs> It is pretty good. I saw like someone was doing a video reaction of Encanto. So that's what I've been filling my time with. So I don't have any silence. Just um, watching, watching other people. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And other people's reactions to it. Uh-huh. And one of them was like, this feels like Moana music. Is this, this is weird. And it's I was Lynn. Like, like, Literally, like you guessed it. It was Lynn. It's always Lynn. He's so good. Yeah. He's everywhere. He's everything. Yeah. Lynn, Lynn is the new God. Sorry. Um, yeah, I appreciated that. And I thought that the, I thought it was pretty. Like I thought all the like imagery was really pretty and like the colors I really liked. And I like that Disney is like diversifying and they're not just writing stories about like white princesses, you know? Yeah, it was a really cute representationally. And I like that nobody was like royalty. I thought that was kind of nice too. Cause like yeah. I'm kind of sick of the princess trope, you know? Like, yeah, no princess be- in this movie. You don't have to be a princess to be special. Like, I like that. So, and yeah, I do like the representation, I think is really good. Um, and I liked that the family was like, it wasn't just they were all one skin tone. I liked that too. Like, it was like culturally, yeah. it felt, I don't know, dark skinned and light skinned. Yeah. I liked it. I don't know. I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. That's my review. This is now officially a Disney review podcast where we review Disney movies. Next Coco, up, Coco Straight Moana. Fire. Coco made me cry. I bawled like a baby for like two hours. Like, it's so so sad. It's so sad. I loved Coco. Um, Coco walked or Coco walked. This movie could. She strutted, Mama, <laughs> so that Peppa could run. <laughs> literally um i loved coco and i love moana i mean moana it's i mean it's kind of rubbing off like it the special is kind of like rubbing off that movie but it's still good like i still like it you should give it a we watch anyway a we watch i also still like frozen like i know people are over it because of the music but i still like it like i also liked frozen too because I liked that Anna didn't need no man. She solved the problem herself again. Like, girl. and, but, and then I also liked that Kristoff doesn't like force his masculinity all over her. He's just like, I'll just be here when you need me. I'm just like, yes, yes, we stand a feminist icon. Like, <laughs> I don't think I ever, I don't know if I ever saw Frozen. I think I've seen it, but I, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. I really like that show and I've watched it like so many times I just like can't start it again because I just I can't process any new information right now I think that's it maybe you're depressed (laughs) weird I wonder (laughs) I think so yeah so anyway welcome to the podcast where we talk about our depression and anxiety and um movies and tv shows that we may or may not have watched so Anyway, (laughs) shall we get started? Hello, all. We're the Hybrarians, two friends who smoke and joke about books. We're long distance at the moment. I'm Indy. I'm the one in Alaska. And I'm Annie, and I currently live in Oregon. This podcast is our way of feeding two birds with one scone. Uh, We both love reading, and we like talking to each other for multiple hours, usually once a week. This week, it's twice. 
Um, join us on our journey through the library while we check out new books every week and talk about it too much. Uh, this show, if anyone's new here, is a show where we pick a book that neither of us have ever read before and we take notes on it and then we read them together and get really high. So I don't think I've explained this the the point of this this podcast in a while. I keep forgetting, but that's what we do here. So thanks for joining us this week for the second time. We are reading a book. We have read the book and it was a horror book this time, which we were both moderately to very excited about. Indy, would you like to tell them what book we read? I was the the moderately excited about. Or very, I, was, I was the I, very. I was also moderately excited. I was moderately. You were very. I was very excited. Absolutely. I've been wanting to read this book since it came out. Anyway, My do I want to talk about the book or do I want to talk about the author? Well, I was going to say, don't you want to tell them what book it is? And then you can tell them about the author. <laughs> oh, yeah. The book that we're reading today is a book called The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Now, I know what you're thinking based off that title, but he's native, so it's okay. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Stephen. It's Stephen with a PH, so it's Stefan. Stefan. <clears throat> Stefan. Or probably it's Stephen. Stephen Graham Jones is a Blackfeet Indigenous author. He was born in Midland, Texas. Texas authors have been representing. Woo woo. That's us. Also, Midland is the. Sorry, go. I said that's also us for picking authors that are from Texas. So. It was an accident. (laughs) Midland Midland is the name of a band. It's a country (laughs) band. The song that I really like. That one. People say I got a drinking problem. And it's called Midland. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to listen to that song later. Okay. Anyway. The tagline of his website was Stephen Graham Jones considers mustard a mortal enemy. Enemy. Anyway, same. I'm not, well, I like mustard. I, th- I think it's really good. But also... I wanted to point out that like I got on his website after you got on his website because I needed it for the um the sources and it changes like his the tagline changes depending on what page you're on. What? So, like, <laughs> so I was like, well, that's not even what it says anymore. It was very interesting. So I thought it was funny. You just click to different pages and it like says different things. Like that's hilarious. He just has like facts. Like it was it was a facts. fun it was a fun time. So interesting um he enjoys shopping for knives watching movies or eating sixlets okay he's a man he is the oh my god ivana baldwin professor of english whatever that means and a professor of distinction at the university of colorado boulder he's published uh 300 short stories and he's currently working on a paleo anthropological thriller set in boulder a slasher and another slasher so I, th- I think he likes slashers. Hmm. It's a huge understatement. It's all over his website. <laughs> I think it's interesting that he's writing. I mean, I guess I have multiple books going at the same time, but like the fact that he's published 300 short stories is like very impressive for someone who's published zero short stories or any stories of any kind. So I'm just like, wow, he's hard at work at being an author. Uh, I'm impressed. He's also uh, um, 
Fuck, he's also, how old is he? I put his age. He's 49 years old. He's got some time on us. It's okay. We've, we will get there. Yeah, we got some time. Um, so this book was categorized as a horror by Indy herself. So we are going to judge her accordingly. Um, I'm pretty sure when we were picking out horror books, you were like, uh, I really want to read this book. So we're putting it in there. <laughs> um, so yes, that was very demanding. Yes. So we did read it and we have things to say about it. Um, would you like to tell the good folks, if anyone's listening, what the synopsis of the book is? Yes. Seamlessly blending classic horror and a dramatic narrative with sharp social commentary, the only good Indians follows four American Indian men after a disturbing event from their youth puts them in a desperate struggle for their lives. Tracked by an entity bent on retribution, these childhood friends are helpless as the culture and traditions they left behind catch up to them in a violent and vengeful way. Wow. So intense. Um, <clears throat> okay. So we are going to take our quick smoke break and then we'll be back to tell you guys about this book. Um, before we do that, we'll let you know what we're smoking. Um, out of my pen, like I always do because I'm a douchebag who vapes, I am smoking a hybrid and it is called White Widow, which I thought kind of fit this book a little bit. Um, <laughs> we'll tell you why. Uh, Indy, what are you smoking today? First off, I've had White Widow before. Very good. I'm smoking something called Thin Mint Cookies. Ooh. It's a hybrid. Um, it's a phenotype of the le- 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 legendary Girl Scout cookie strain. Mm. Fuck. I don't have any hands. <laughs> anyway, it's supposed to be sweet and minty. Nice. Well, I'm excited for you um to smoke that so we're gonna take our smoke break and we will catch you guys in a few but he like some of his suggestions are so hit and miss like like i did really like uh uh the poppy wars like i i really hated it at first i was like this is so boring but like then towards the middle i was like never mind i actually really like it um so i like really liked it but then like some stuff like he gives he's given me like six copies of girl with the dragon tattoo and i just literally don't care like i so hard i can't read it like i don't care (laughs) i'm not interested i've never even been interested in watching the movie like that's how much i don't care so i don't know well it's not good the movie's not good yeah i'm sure it's fun it was good, but like the one with uh, Daniel Craig, not good. Oh, wait, have you read Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah. We read the trilogy, and then there was a fourth book that came out after the author died that was finished by someone else. Uh huh. That was awful. Like, and you didn't like any of them? I liked, I liked the books themselves for like being mysteries, but like a different kind of mystery. It wasn't just like murder, it was like financial mystery stuff. Mm hmm. So it was different. Yeah. But the last book, awful. <laughs> so hard to get through. Had to, had to audiobook it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, again, sometimes he gives us really good suggestions, and sometimes I'm like, why would you do this to us? I'm chilly in the car. Yeah, it looks cold. <laughs> I say from my car that I've been in for the past five hours. <laughs> Is your car running? No. What the fuck? Are you cold? I'm not going to run my gas for five hours. Are you on drugs? 
Yes. <laughs> Usually. Oh, Taco Bell, our Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. um, allegedly came out with Taco Bell brand chicken wings. Whoa. That is you to a freaking T, man. Like, yeah, I love Taco Bell. I love chicken wings. Very excited. Allegedly, they're only going to be um, on the menu for like a week. So we're going, me and Salem are going to go on an adventure to try and find them in town either today or tomorrow. That sounds so fun. I'm so jealous. I mean, I don't want them, but I want to go and get a Baja Blast. <laughs> so jelly. Here a Baja Blast. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, that sounds really fun. Um, one of my favorite things is that you can house wings faster than anyone I've ever met in my life. So I'm disgusting. It's atrocious to watch no you're better than men is what i'm saying <laughs> like but it's so gross have you seen like it's not cute but like it's impressive i'm good at what i do and you know girls don't always have to be cute sometimes they can be impressive character is like when are we gonna have a wing contest it's no contest bitch like you're gonna lose like you're the slowest eater i've ever met in my life like you're 100 <laughs> gonna lose to her Um, Ugh, skater boys. I said, see you later, boys. Yeah, you did. We don't like skater boys anymore, and we also don't like tall cooking boys. Listen, the talk thing kind of applies to me and not you. I'm there's a ban on skater boys for you. I haven't had my skater boy phase yet. <laughs> I deserve one. <laughs> you go, girl. You, you can have a tall cooking man phase. It's not that bad. No, because then I'm just dating my dad. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Gross. That's true. That's true. I also still think that it's funny that we were talking about it a while back and you said, I just think that like you, like you're too short for him. Like you should leave the tall men for the slightly taller girls. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> that's that's I'm sorry, fair, that is I guess. Very gatekeepy. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's kind of fair, I guess. I've dated short guys. I can't really. I'm not picky. I'm not picky either. I just happen to always have a crush on a boy that's taller than me. But also, that's very easy to be taller than me. So, also, he's just like unreasonably tall. Like gangly. Well, not gangly, but just like like he's just it's too tall. It's like Shaquille O'Neal and his little girlfriend. It's just, yeah, but there's other reasons. Like the call isn't the red flag. Like, they are pretty funny sometimes. Sometimes we're funny. At least we think we're funny. And since we're the only listeners at this point, our 100% of our audience thinks we're kind of funny. Yes. Because my sister also thinks we're funny. So, silly. Fool. We fooled her. Did I tell you that my coworker gave me like um, pre-rolls for my birthday? She said, I'm sorry, I'm a shitty friend. And then handed me a pack of pre-rolls with a bow on it. That's, a, that's amazing. And I was like, 
Oh, thanks. And I was going to ask you about them, actually, because I don't, like, know what they are. Like, so it says Keith-infused cannabis pre-rolls. Whoa. Like, what, like does that, what does that mean? Like, so when they're grinding up weed to put it to pre-rolls, Keith is, like, the fine, gritty, like, fine as sand kind of shit that's, like, yeah. left in, in with the grinder. Like, it's not... There's like a catch for it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've ground weed before. So the keef is like the little itty bitty bit that you save in the bottom of the grinder. Uh-huh. And it's supposed to be extra potent because it's got all of the, like the crystals that form. Oh. That are also super small. And so okay. keef infused. So when they're rolling it with marijuana, they're probably also just adding keef into it as well. So it's just, I'm going to get like really fucked up is what you're saying. You're going to get like 1.5 level fucked up as opposed to a level one. Well, there's th- it's a three pack. So if you smoke all of them, then yeah, you're going to get like a five, six. Gotcha. Okay. So not smoking all of them. I also just like don't have the occasion to smoke a pre roll. So like, I don't know when I'm going to smoke them. Mail them to me. I'll smoke them for you. That's illegal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we talked about this already and I'm not doing that. Illegal only if you get caught. It's just you're okay. good. But if I've learned anything from TCO, it's that like mail fraud is a punishable by like up a to death like, like, there's a, like it's crazy actually like sometimes people get more years in jail for mail fraud than they do for murder like fucked up yeah it's super fucked up our system is broken but anyway so i'm not doing anything that's gonna get us freaking in jail just because of keith infused pre-rolls i'm sure we could find those at home like yeah it's all terrifying dude there's no fun there's no there's no safe way to be on birth control the safest way is abstinence shut the fuck up <laughs> uh, i'm an after and school the, special <laughs> and that's that on being a woman in america it sure is it's so safe for men not safe for women i mean the, the only thing they gotta worry about is possibly getting an std but usually they're the ones that lie about it in the first place so men Men just have a lower chance of getting STDs, STDs because they've got less mucous membrane contact. Just a little hole. Whereas we have a whole shaft. That's really misogynist. I mean, like, it's... Yeah, thanks, God. Thanks, God. Fuck you. Like, I Why hate you design it. design us like this? Like, and I feel like this is the reason why men think they're superiors because, like, they literally have it so easy and they're like, God must love us the most because... We are or have to carry a baby lives. or have periods and I have and I just get STDs less. Oh, I forgot. It's because women are the reason why there's evil in the world, apparently. Because we took the apple. It all comes back to the apple. Original sinners. <clears throat> the OGs. Okay, friends, um, we are back and we are ready to discuss the only good Indians. As always, I'm garbage and I don't have that many notes. Um, but also, did you have any pre-thoughts before this book? Because you did pick the book. So, like, did you have anything that you wanted to say about it before we jumped in? Um, I was really excited to read it because I knew it was about um, 
something. I don't know how to say this in a not we I don't know I don't know how to mm. it's a brown book it's a book about brown people <clears throat> and I love horror and I love brown people and I'm a brown person and so I would love to read a horror novel about brown people and we did we did we sure did okay so yeah again I have way less notes than Indy does but I actually think I have more notes than I usually do so I'm pretty excited about that um but Indy has a first note as always so I will let her take it away when she's ready I think I'm just going to make that my thing. I'm always going to have a note. I'm going to have something to say. Um, so first thing, I just knew this book that I would, just based on where it takes place, I knew that it would be very familiar to me, at least, if not the both of us, because it's basically just a town like ours, all yeah. of it. Um, and so the first note, I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be exactly like a town like ours, because there's an IGA. And... Funnily enough, uh, last week, the IGA in this town, Delta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why I can't say it. So Delta Junction's IGAs, their fucking roof collapsed because their weather was fucking insane. Yeah. It was just funny that, oh, holy shit, IGA, here it is. Yeah. So already this book felt very personal and close to home. That's true. Yeah. I, I... I feel like I did pick up on that vibe that like I could tell that it was going to be super familiar but I also was like am I allowed to feel that way because I'm white but like I guess I guess I'm allowed to feel like all the weather and stuff like that kind of stuff felt super familiar you know the weather and like the houses and like yeah like just yeah the general way that I don't know <laughs> it just it like this very... could have taken place in delta it could have taken place in one oh, of the yeah. villages nearby like it's like it's yeah for real it, it could anyway. take place in wherever was it minnesota north dakota something alaska I don't, remember, I don't remember where this book took place actually it just felt like it took place in alaska well he's the first guy's in north dakota so at this point so oh i guess i could go to I was really bad at paying attention to where this book took place. It just, it took place in Delta. That's why. <laughs> that's all we care about. Let's see. Mm. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. It's probably North Dakota. Well, I mean, I don't think they would make a point of talking about North Dakota if it was North Dakota that they were from, because it says he'd hired on with a drilling crew over in North Dakota, like. Oh yeah, over in so yeah. not where he started. Not where in. he's from. Um, yeah. Google it. Maybe Minnesota, because it says. No, he's going to Minnesota because he's trying to go to Minneapolis and that's in Minnesota, right? Sure. What's so I don't know. We'll find a clue. Don't worry. One of us will find a clue here soon. <laughs> There's a character named Cassidy, which I thought was funny. Why would you think that's funny? We don't know anyone named Cassidy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> sorry that was stupid <laughs> okay you have the next note though 
Um, no, I don't. Uh, this is yes, my next do. note. You always have the next note. The sun came down on my side of town. Mm-hmm. Through my room. <clears throat> Whatever. Okay, so next note. Um, I start off saying, well, I always have a lot of notes. <laughs> anyway, so this next note, I talk about how I'm always taking notes. And anyway, I vibe with the quote. What he didn't say was that you didn't get cold resistant because your jacket sucks. You just stop complaining about it after a while because complaining doesn't make you any warmer. <laughs> and I was like, yep, this book's about me. <laughs> this book's about pe- just this place that I live because right now, holy shit. It's negative 27 right now. Ew, I hate it. I have to go to work tomorrow and I work outside a little bit, a lot sometimes. Um, It's going to be negative 24 tomorrow. That's gross. I hate it. And I was like, yep. Yep. It's not the jacket that keeps you warm. It's really just mind over matter. Carhartts and Carhartts <laughs> and Carhartts. <laughs> Agree. Um, yeah, super I, I, I was hit by that too, but I was just like, I don't work for hearts or work outside. So I was like, okay. But I did think that it was funny because I was like, that kind of is the truth. When you're from Alaska or you live in Alaska, people are always like, oh, how do you live like that? And you're just like, you just do it. Like, it's just. I'm alive right now. I did it. <laughs> yeah. Like, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so we kind of like go really fast through like the first point of view, because this book is like, it says on the back that uh, it falls for American Indian men after a disturbing event from their youth puts them in a desperate struggle for their lives. And it does them individually, kind of. Like the first two are individual and then the last two are like in the same storyline. So the first storyline was about Ricky and we just kind of glazed through it real fast. And so um, then like the next section of the book is from was about Lewis and it's arguably the worst part um or the best part depending on how you look at it exactly um but anyway so now we're in like lewis's point of view talking about like his story and um anyway it says um it says not like anyone but him reads this mental newspaper because what he does is like he thinks of his life in headlines of like how it's gonna read in the local paper and it usually starts with like former this one says formal basketball star can't even hang graduation blanket in own home uh and then like another one says the indian who climbed too high full story on 12b so like he like thinks like that like his life in like in newspaper headlines which i think is really interesting um but he says not like anyone but him reads this mental newspaper and i said ricky does like ricky has the same thing in the beginning he does that like in his very short like one chapter he i think talks about it twice uh it says the first line of the book says the headline for richard boss ribs would be indian man killed in dispute outside bar like so i was like that's interesting and then he also does the same thing so then i thought that it was going to be a plot point and like spoiler alert it's not really like they put newspaper articles in the book but like nobody else has the mental newspaper which i thought would have been cool if they all four of them did but they didn't so my note is irrelevant <laughs> but that's not irrelevant Jesus Christ. <laughs> but anyway that was on page 16 where we like just aggressively switched to lewis's point of view well the first one that was an actual newspaper article that wasn't like the mental one 
Yeah, but he does have a mental one in here. Like he says it. He says, um, they're all in caps. Why can't I find them? We're like really focusing too hard on the beginning. That's um, not. Indian man killed in dispute outside local bar. No, yeah, that's that's that is how he thought. Oh, you're right. Shit. So it was the same one in the beginning and in the end. So he thought about it. Yeah. As he was about to die. <laughs> Look. Yeah. So yeah, he got killed in a in a bar dispute. Yeah. Supposedly. Because uh, allegedly he fucked up some dude's truck, but it wasn't him. It was the elk. Dun dun dun. Okay. So <laughs> moving on. So yeah, the next part of the story is my favorite. They like broken up like little short stories. And the second one's the best. Holy shit. Um that makes sense because the writer, like the author writes short stories and he has three hundred published short stories. Like it makes sense that that's the way he writes his books, you know? Yeah, that they're like three short stories as a book. Yeah. I dig it. So this next one, it's called The House That Ran Red, and that should have been a sign. <laughs> should have been. I don't know why I wasn't the, more aware of that. Yeah. Okay, so it starts off with a dog, because it always does, because this book wants to fuck with you. Yeah. Um, and at first, I'm very optimistic, but not hopeful. Um, it's funny, we were just talking about this during the break, about kennel training your dogs. <laughs> But this is a different thing. This is like um, leaving them chained up outside. He leaves his dog chained up in a yard. Um, and you don't do that. Yeah. Uh, don't leave them unattended like that outside, chained up to something. Um, a lot of dogs hop fences. And a lot of times dogs that are not secured like that can get stolen or injured or killed in some way. And I'm like, it's just the beginning. But I'm going to get really upset if anything happens to this dog, because I know a dog that climbs fences and it's just like, yeah. they're, they're dumb. They're not, they're not going to know some, that they're doing something that could hurt them. Yeah. I agree. And I literally one, one page later, I'm all craps. If I had just waited a page, <laughs> if you're going to leave your dog tied up outside in a fenced enclosure, make sure the length of the rope is long enough for them to be able to lay down on the other side, because otherwise what happened to this dog is going to happen. It's going to be strangled hanging off the side of the fence because it can't reach the ground yeah it's horrible and like i work with dogs so we have protocols for dogs that can hop a fence and like so this is like preventable so this just like sucks so much just like right up front it sucks yeah it definitely does and like dogs don't have thumbs they can't free themselves they can't get themselves out of what's happening yeah and like the worst the worst part about that was that like he didn't die right away like which i don't know if that's the worst part actually but like the dog so was, he's suffering yeah. yeah he's suffering like he just and he gets like yeah he it takes him a couple of days it's and he doesn't even die from his injuries like that's the other thing too is like this dog is just suffering it's horrible i was like okay we're starting this real soon <laughs> like no yeah already this book's stressing me the fuck out because yeah. this dog like is dying and it like it does what dogs do when they're like stressed out and dying it like tr it accidentally bites one of lewis's co-worker in the face yeah and i'm like lol twinsies because i literally just got bit in the face yeah 
And then they cracked a joke about how, of course, the mailman would get it from the dog. And that made me laugh. So I was like, this book is going to be a lot. It's like dark yeah. humor and just darkness. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Jesus, I have so many paragraphs of notes. You had a lot of feelings about this book, apparently. I read it very quickly. And also the story happened very quickly. So I felt like I needed to like. Like document it really quick. Yeah, because it's, I don't know. I really liked this bit. So I think I just really wanted to talk about it a lot. Yeah. And so Lewis has a wife who like took him from the reservation, whatever. Um, she's she's vegetarian. She's white. Yeah. So he got a little. I think he's a little insecure about that. He thinks he brings it up at some point about diluting the bloodline. It's like, dude, we don't have to. We don't have to. I don't know how I feel about that. I can't as a as a mixed race human. I don't yeah. know if I can have that conversation. It's okay. We don't have to have that conversation. Um, so yeah, he wants to tell his wife about what he did um, when he was young with this cow elk. And at this point, we don't know either what allegedly what was so terrible that he did. Mm-hmm. And he, he is assuming that she's going to take it terribly because she's a vegetarian for ethical reason reasons. So like, it's not totally unreasonable that she would be like upset at him for it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like theorizing at this point, is it because it was a young female elk and you're not supposed to like kill those usually? Like, I don't know the rules in this area, but like usually up here, you have to like have special permission to kill cows. Mm-hmm moose cows not cow cows <laughs> just yeah. in case people don't know that <laughs> moose cows <laughs> but yeah that's true it's like there is a lot of missing information in this part and so it's like i think both of our natures is to like try to figure out the mystery before it's the end you know and so like i was like that's confusing like why are, what's what's so bad happened you know right because hunting is so normal like what is so abnormal about this interaction yeah exactly I guess hunt, we should, hunting is normal for like us, like, because we, you know, like where we're from, it's very like, it's, it's very, so normal. Yeah. It's so normal. Like our town kind of dies during hunting season. Like it just like, everyone's gone. Like, so yeah. even though it's not something we do, like we, it's this, I don't know. It's very, it's just normal in this, yeah. it's normal in this town. Yeah, for sure just it's important for a lot of culture like especially up here subsistence hunting with the like native people in the villages Mm -hmm. or just people doing it for fun to fill the freezers you know people do it to fill the freezer yeah like I I don't think that it's like a it's not like a trophy thing like where we're from like it's like it's hunting for survival yeah exactly sometimes yeah I mean I think they have fun I just I don't want to slander them and say like Oh, they're just like trophy hunters. Like, no, it's just like it's they use the they use it, so it's fine. But like, I know some people don't agree with hunting, and I guess we're just saying that like, you do. We're we're okay with it. We're, I don't know the way it's done where we're from. <laughs> like, boy, around here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, maybe we'll cut this part out because it's very awkward. <laughs> anyway, so um, they won't let the dog die. <laughs> yeah it's just like laying on a pile of blankets just like not really doing a whole lot um it's probably got brain damage from like just literally hanging there for hours and like this book is 
fucking me up, man. Like the dude, and then now the guy is like the way that he's interacting with his coworker makes me very uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if he's just getting a lot out of their interactions that like aren't there, or if she is also apparently like he's assuming that they're gonna have an affair. He's like trying to stop himself from having an affair. It's like why is it so hard? for you to not have an affair like why is this such a big deal for you what is going on yeah even like is she even flirting with you like what the fuck is going on yeah and he calls her like the hot girl from work at some point and I was like okay that seems like a you problem not a her problem you know like he he just like assumes that she's coming on to him the whole time and like I don't, I don't know, know if she ever actually is. I yeah, it was very unclear because I could see how that could have been interpreted, but also I like he like makes a big point of after time she says something, he like tells us how it could be inferred as like a come on and I'm just like if you have to explain it then like maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It's yeah, just he's just he's trying very hard. Yeah, and I'm like but I also kind of get the vibe. This is like so off topic, but I kind of get the vibe from like his other friends when they talk later in the book that he's like a nerd. They're like, oh, he always had a nose stuck in a book kind of thing, you know? So like, I wonder if he's just the type of dude that like, like he's never really had like a lot of women that express interest in him. So now that he's like married, he's like trying to have that, like all the girls want me fantasy, you know? Like, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. Kind of seems like his vibe but yeah this dude gives me a weird vibe from the beginning he's very strange but uh yeah the girl from work she's also native she's crow though yeah um and so he feels like this kinship with her because of that and he also makes a point to say that all of the co-workers at their work because they're like a, and they work in a postal office like put them together as like a little set which at first i was like oh, it's just kind of racist to like, you know, like to be like, oh, they're Native American. So obviously they're going to like be together, you know, but also I was now I'm thinking maybe he just pointed that out. Maybe it was like, oh, they're always trying to push us together, you know, to like validate the affair thing. I don't know. Yeah. Like they don't actually, they're not actually looking at them like that. He's just assumed he just wants them to be. (laughs) Yeah. Because I don't think anyone ever says anything specifically like that in the book, you know? like yeah it seems to pretty much be coming from him yeah okay anyway anyway this the way this dude treats the women in his life i don't appreciate yeah not okay um so yeah uh so he tells her about what happened with the elk so like we're learning in pieces more and more about what happened i guess that fateful night yeah and she knows something about something because she calls him like a bundle holder because he's got the the skin of it and apparently it looks all done up all all like traditionally spiritually so they must have done something really really fucked up if it's like you know something's haunting them and also there's this big spiritual bundle that apparently yeah. exists um and then it's your turn yeah so they start to tell like he starts to tell her the story so like while she's learning the story we're learning the story at the same time and like i'm back at it with like pretty elaborate notes but um on page 60 they're like telling the story and it says shit shit lewis said hooking a second hand through the grab strap straightening his legs against the floorboard and i was like the grab strap and then i had to like rack my freaking brain thinking what a grab strap is so i just said unrelated (laughs) but what do you call this thing 
I don't know what a grab. What what are we talking about? A grab strap? Like the thing that the thing that's up on the ceiling in the car that you can hold the on to. Oh shit handle. Exactly. That's what I call it. So I was like grab strap, and it took me like a solid few minutes to work that through my brain because I don't know anyone that doesn't call it an oh shit handle. So like if you've ever heard of it being called something else, tweet at us because like I've only ever heard oh shit handle grab so, strap oh was, my god i was like is that a regional thing like is like is it that has to be like is it an alaska thing because like like calling it the oh shit handle like that's i've never heard know. anyone call it anything else i don't know what yeah i've never shit we've got to do some research <laughs> we can do research later we're losing the light my friend okay so next note um the more we learn about this elk the worse it seems for these kids um so it was a teen mom uh it was un it was un it was young and it was pregnant out of season apparently they're not usually pregnant at this time or it's like pregnant too early or too late or something there's something special about the time of the year of the pregnancy mm-hmm. um but they killed her and then they um so so when you kill an animal you have to open it up and gut it um yeah and in doing that, they discover that it was pregnant. That's how they figured out. And so they take the fetus out and they bury it in the woods. But also, can I point out, I don't know if you do this later, but can I point out that they didn't just like kill one. They like shot into a like a like a field full of like an elk herd, just like. Yeah, indiscriminately with, killing a bunch of them. With like wild abandon, like they literally just like blew holes in them and they shoot down nine of them and they realize they can't haul that many back. So they're like, oh, we're just going to take the good pieces. So they just like start butchering them in the field, which is normal for hunting. But like, you're supposed to take it all. You're supposed to like. Yeah, you're not supposed to waste. You usually are, like they have an amount that you're allowed to take without being wasteful. So I don't know yeah. why they just like took down nine and we're fine with it. Like they just did it really recklessly. And then they were like, oh shit, we can't haul these all back. So we're only taking the good parts. So that's the like really like disrespectful part of like one of the really disrespectful parts of what they did like you're just not supposed to do that shit plus it was super legal so yeah and they they get found by the game warden too and the game warden's like you either need to throw all this meat back where you got it or and take none of it so like basically waste it like what the fuck wait warden that doesn't seem like the right thing to do at all and and Um, then never hunt again like they're not allowed to ever hunt again yeah, and so it's that option, or they pay the fines, which would have been very expensive. Nine buck that they've killed that they shouldn't have, because they're not only are they they're doing it like it's like they're like on elder land, right? Yeah. So it's land only for the elders to hunt on. So they're not even like legally hunting in this area. Yeah. So they're in fucking big trouble. Like. Yeah. So it's like a lot of money. And then I went on a rant about this about how. Um, fines are only punishments to the poor yeah um, if the punishment to a crime is money to be thrown at it then it's only a crime for those who, can, who cannot afford to pay which these dudes can't afford to pay this so it's a crime so they have to either like they have to waste all this money like all all the animal yeah and it's just gross because like they did all this for nothing then you know they mm-hmm. killed this this mother with the baby for nothing yeah and and they also make a big point to say that this is like the they're like they're calling it like the last day of the season but in reality it was like 
just the last day that all four of them would be able to go out together like yeah there's like a week left in the season and they're like justifying that they had to go out because it was the last day of the season but every single one of them has made a point to say that like it wasn't actually the last day of the season and so I was like that was really interesting um and then when they're talking about where they're going to go hunting and they're like, no shit, man, this is illegal. Like we can't go here. Then the one guy is like, it's my truck. Like you guys bail and I'll take the fall for it basically. And that is not what happens. They so. don't, they'd all take the fall for it. Yeah. Cause they're fucking With dumb. Their lives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, so yeah, at this point, no wonder the spirit is pissed at them. It wasted nine of nine nine elk and a baby oh and it killed the dog yeah um and i'm like literally sick to my stomach stressed out in this scene because it like hoof marks in the dog and like the dog's already half dead and i was like i'm yeah i don't want it to suffer but you're gonna stomp a dog to death yeah it's fucked up didn't do anything to you man and so at this point like i need to take a break i need to stop because like i I like I glanced at the next chapter and I know that there are police officers there and I'm like holy shit yeah I'm gonna die so I like I I stop and take a breather (laughs) that seems fair and so I start the next chapter off with I'm fucking pissed (laughs) (laughs) so the cops came to question him about the dog bite which police officers wouldn't do they would send animal control over to do that Mm -hmm. um and they pull their gun on him for no reason um the dog bit someone, but the dog is grievously injured. The dog bit someone while it was grievously injured. That's what dogs do. Why mm-hmm. are they investigating this like very easily explainable thing? It's just like super weird how much attention they're paying to Lewis. Lewis didn't bite him. Yeah. And like I get legally hospitals have to report dog bites, but like animal control handles that. Yeah. They would the dog would have a record and like then I start explaining in my notes for some reason different <laughs> levels of bites, depth, and injury. Too much information basically about dog biting because I know about that mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, but yeah, so the cops are being asinine about the dog um, for no reason. Like really weird. They're bringing up how it's illegal to bury, thing on, bury things on your own property you need to, and how you need to permit to fire a hunting rifle to put the dog down. And just like every technically correct thing, but like bullshit. Um, and they're just like targeting this dude for no reason. Then they're threatening to like make him dig up his dead dog just to prove that it's dead and he's not hiding it. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, it was a lot. And also like they make a point to say that there are white cops and I don't think anyone really needed me to make that distinction because why else? Who else, why else would they do that? Yeah. Who else would be that extra? about that that's just fucked up so i hated them cap. <laughs> yeah and then okay you brought up the fact that lewis was a nerd and he like apparently has all these books and he lent a shit a series out to shaney the his co-worker that he's really trying not to have an affair with for some reason Ugh. <laughs> yeah he just makes it sound super easy interesting and i like really want to i want to read it at first i don't think it's real <laughs> It's not. And then okay. at first I wanted to read it and then I really didn't want to read it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It actually doesn't sound that cool. Um, but no offense, Stephen, but I was like, this sounds not interesting. I don't know. It just gave me like like off-brand Harry Potter vibes, you know? Like Yeah, a little too quirky. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh 
Um, so he's um, a little cuckoo at this point. He thinks uh, that Peta, 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 yeah, Peta might be. Also, I thought it was really funny that she's a vegetarian and her name's Peta. Yeah, but it's um, clarified that her dad's name was Pete, and so he named her Peta because she was supposed to be a boy. But Pita. anyway, yeah, it's the worst. So stupid. Anyway. <laughs> So he is um, being a little weird. He thinks that Peta is the elk come to punish him. Um, uh, but like, why? <laughs> why would she be yeah. the one? Uh, basically, just because there's ants eating gore off the boots that they share. That like are just like only him and Peta would have had access to. Yeah. So like someone, someone stomped the dog. Yeah. And so he thinks peta i don't understand why yeah it's just he's getting really crazy like really crazy um but yeah so he does loan those books to um his co-worker and she like keeps bringing them back kind of like sporadically um and so he like finds a book like he finds a book that she left in the house that he it's also weird because she like just like kind of leaves them either like in the house or like on the front porch which he finds really weird um which also i think is kind of weird um well the but, porch i get but like the one in the house he he even like reasons to himself could have been Peta finding it on the porch and bringing it in yeah i guess but also it's just weird like i don't know it was weird um but she brings it back without saying anything which is that's what i think the weird part is if someone loans you a series just read the whole series and bring it back don't like finish the book and bring it back you know like yeah and not say anything or and like sneak by yeah and then he makes a point to say later that he doesn't think she actually reads them and we'll get into it later but like she was just being Ugh. weird she's just sus as hell but anyway um so it says that uh seriously he says she writes in books apparently in borrowed books in pencil and light like she might have or she maybe meant to erase it but still and i said oh my god she's you writing in books is sacrilegious like <laughs> that's just a that's a you move right there yeah whatever um, <laughs> and then i have another note um not that long later it was just like 10 pages later um so like then he's like pretty he's really paranoid like super paranoid about like thinking that one of the women in his life is this like elk come to life and here to punish him so then he started like suspecting like shaney of it even though he literally like three seconds ago thought it was his wife so like he's just kind of like all over the place um but uh it says and that makes sense that when the elk took two-leg form human form that person might have skin to match lewis's own he doesn't know why he didn't see this before so like he starts suspecting shaney and then i remember he's talking about them playing basketball in the like courtyard together. And she has a weird jagged scar on her body, like on her midsection. And she doesn't tell him where he, where she got it from. So then I was like, Oh my God, her scars, BRB. I'm screaming. Like, I just like, I had like a realization moment later. I get really confused. Um, yeah. I'll get to that later. But I was just like, Oh my God, she has scars. And then also she, they make a point to say that in her, on her face, she like has a, like she has a scars like on her eye, and so that's like another thing when we get to him talking about what happened that day. Like that, well, I guess he already did. They shot yeah. the elk through her eye. Like they shot her in the back once and in the head twice. Like through her eye, like her eyeball. Like he tried because she like 
they shot her the first time and she didn't die. So then he tried to shoot her again to put her out of her misery. And then she still was alive. So he literally put his gun like up to her eye and shot down the like tunnel, which is really graphic. And I'm really sorry for explaining it. But like, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> but like, like to kill her, to fully kill her. And then of course he has to gut her. So he opens her up in her abdomen. And that's when he finds yeah, so- the elk. That Baby. could be where all the scars are from, or it could be, I think, just like random things that happen to a person over their life and he's delusional. Yeah. So it was really confusing, but I was like, oh my God. Like, because at first it's just been a wild ride. I was like, okay, we think it's the wife. Now we think it's the the, the maybe girlfriend. I'm very confused. But it I is a like, wild ride. I liked it. <laughs> I was like putting it together in my head and I was like, oh my God, her scars. So <laughs> I had to share that part. <laughs> um, looks like you have like six notes in a row yeah <laughs> so i think i'm just like i start freaking out about the climax of the story yeah of this this section so um i don't know ah, it's terrible man it is it's bad okay so i guess the book the um, he makes a reference to the book that allegedly she's reading while he's over while she's over at the house because he like lured her over to his house just because he thinks that she's the elk Mm -hmm. and at this point we don't know what his plan is um if he even has a plan for what's going on he does not by the way (laughs) geez obviously so he makes a reference that could be from the book and she doesn't seem to get it at first and so for that he's like shit she's the elk (laughs) Yeah, which I'm like, okay, maybe she just doesn't remember what you're talking about. Like, yeah, maybe she just like didn't hear you or doesn't remember that part of the book or like isn't actually reading them and is actually using it as an excuse to get close to you and have an affair like you so desperately seem to want. (laughs) And also like sidebar, I'm literally like in the midst of a annoying relationship with a person that like makes references to every little conversation we've ever had. And I'm just like, I don't remember everything we've ever said. It's very normal to like, to not internalize every conversation, you know? So like maybe- People say a lot of words. Yeah, maybe she just doesn't remember and that's fine. It doesn't mean she's a killer. But anyway, he has decided otherwise. (sighs) And I start freaking the fuck out because God, he has this motorcycle that he's working on in the garage. Mm-hmm. and he's like hey do this thing hold this thing on this motorcycle and she's like okay I but guess she, yeah and then he starts it and her hair gets caught in some part of it and basically it's horrible. rips her fucking scalp off he scalps her it's so horrible and I'm just like what the fuck Lewis why would you do this yeah and he's like not even being very smart about this because he's basically killed this girl after calling the post office after he stopped showing up to work basically because that's just a thing that men do when they go through things they just stop going to work shade shade anyway so she stopped he stopped going to work he called the post office to be like hey i'm gonna get a ride from shaney tomorrow or something and give me her number she's my neighbor she's not by the way but he that's how he gets her number but if she fucking dies and goes missing don't you think someone is gonna be like you know what Lewis called and asked for her number yesterday, the day that she went missing. That's kind of weird. weird. 
a little weird. That's also a PSA. See something, say something, bitches. Sometimes it means something, you know? Like, yeah. Like if something, so if, you, if you think something is hinky, you should probably tell somebody. So this is the hinkiest situation on the fucking planet. So hinky. Shaney's dead. <sighs> She's so dead. And he gets this idea. Well, he remembers, I guess, that elk have two ivory canines or whatever what used to be tusks at some point in their evolutionary cycle but are just two pieces of ivory in their mouth and so to prove that shaney's the elk he takes out her teeth and i'm stressed this whole bit of the book is stressed from beginning to end and like him having to get her teeth he has to break her fucking jaw to get her teeth like yeah and so yeah if you're if you're squeamish maybe don't read this book (laughs) it was a lot of gore i remember you being like um there's a lot of gore and then you were like i'm really worried about you and it got to the point i was like what the fuck you're like that's the part that's the part like i remember it was the worst it was so bad physically stressed me out i got nauseous and so i'm like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck is going on and also uh trigger warning before anybody like before we get here this deals with uh pregnancy and uh so just uh you might if you don't like gore just probably skip out of this episode because it only gets worse we'll see you next time (laughs) yeah catch us on the flip side where we're reading a different nice book (laughs) continue so um pita comes home while he's got a dead body in the garage and teeth in his pocket i guess awesome and he finds her in the living room on the ladder uh, being like, oh, my God, you fixed this light that we were working on. And oh, he's covered in blood. And she's like, oh, my God, Lewis, are you OK? And so she starts to come down the ladder. But she's too concerned for her dumb fucking husband that she misses and she falls and she hits her fucking head as she falls off the ladder and she dies. OK, but also. In the beginning of this section, he almost falls off the ladder and like hits him his head and dies, but she body checks him into the wall and he's fine. So like they make a point to say that like he has the opportunity to do the same and he just literally stands there and lets her fall. Like mm-hmm. cuz he thinks that she's the elk because what does he do after this? Takes Ooh. her fucking teeth out. <laughs> it's she horrible. still doesn't have ivory in her mouth. She's not the elk. But where's the elk? Where's the elk been hiding this whole time? (laughs) I don't want to. It's in her belly. She's dead. And he notices her stomach start to move. And so he, that's earlier, they brought up how his salmon are strong swimmers, even though salmon more applies to the natives in our area than the natives in his area, which I thought was a funny I thought it was a good joke. (laughs) Yeah, good joke. (laughs) But anyway, he's got strong swimmers because holy shit, she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And he takes it upon himself to perform an at-home scene section and it. take the baby out of her womb. I hate it. <laughs> this baby that is... An elk Drummel. baby! It's an elk! Holy fuck! <laughs> He's Holy calling it his daughter, dude. It's messed. It's messed up. I'm woozy. I'm nauseous. Yep. But... He, he, goes, he, go, he goes on the run with it. He goes on the lamb. Yeah, but people are looking for him because he killed two women and ripped a baby out of their stomach. Yep. And um, so like four dudes come out. Actually, I thought it was, I'm just realizing, I guess, the, I don't know if there's probably a word for it. Four dudes killed a bunch of elk. Four dudes chased down and killed Lewis. Wow. That's a parallel. Wow. There we go. <laughs> parallel. 
I didn't think about that. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. So yeah, they basically gun him down and then they end up dying except for one of them is in like a coma or something. And then it's because of the elk, the baby elk is like, it's Renesme. <laughs> she's a vengeful spirit. <laughs> she's a vengeful spirit. And she's like Renesme aged into being a teenager, like in yeah. a couple of hours. And her name, I guess he named her um, Po Nooka. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, but it means elk. Yeah. And she didn't fucking forget anything that happened. So, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, this 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 baby elk is the reincarnated spirit of the elk that he killed all those many many moons ago. Um, that was I don't know that maybe it was racist. I'll take that back. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. So then at some point he's like when I guess once he introduces the the elk the elk child he starts to like kind of talk about her later in like he's he starts to call her you like he says like you did this but it's like talking about what the elk did and I was like oh my god like and so it kind of like he but before he does that he starts um well I guess he kind of does it now too but uh, it says, right when he's cranking his window down to see better, you raise your face, level your eyes at him through your black hair blowing everywhere. And that is the first time you've seen him since that day. The air full of sound, your nose breathing in just blood, your calf gasping inside you, your legs gone. Don't look away. Make him be the one to break eye contact. Listen to his truck accelerate away. It doesn't matter that he saw you now either. The next time he lays eyes on you, you'll be taller, different, better. Already these stolen clothes are getting tight. And I was like, Ooh shit. I was like, fuck, I'm really sympathizing with this malevolent spirit. Like I was like, I, this is how I know that this is like a really good book is that like, I want to find out what happens, but I'm so scared of finding out what happens. I was so on edge because the middle section, Lewis's section was so visceral like and so traumatizing I was just like oh fuck I'm so scared I remember I started the book and then I got to the end of Lewis's section and I was like I think I have to take a break because like I was like I'm so like on edge so then I slept on it and then the next day I finished the book so um this is starting um the next section which is about the last two guys which is uh Gabe and Cass and so uh she's talking about Gabe and their calf yeah in their calf so we're talking about Gabe so um this is the next day that I was just like oh god like I've had time to think on it like now I'm like now I'm like oh god this girl like um I feel for her I guess um but I also am in a very man-hating spirit right now so maybe that's why um <laughs> but Gabe has a daughter and he's not with the mom she's remarried and they like make a point to like always reference her stepdad as her new dad which I kind of I don't know I found that kind of odd huh (laughs) ouch but they do not co-parent because he's like an alcoholic and so he's not really allowed to be around her very much so he kind of sees her like really sporadically but her name is Denora because he spelled Deborah wrong on her birth certificate (laughs) which I just think is like oh my god okay um but anyway um, she is a basketball playing machine. That's like her whole, her whole thing. And like her stepsister from like her like stepdad's first relationship is like a basketball star too. And so she started doing that like once she became part of the family. And uh, so it's like something she's like really good. Apparently like it's like, she's supposed to be taking her, like her 
uh, team like all the way to state or whatever. So like, I don't know. That's a sports reference that I'm not, I don't know a lot about, but uh, it's important. <laughs> it's important. She's very good at, at basketball. So anyway, they're like talking about her being on the court and this might also be like a little bit of like triggering, but it's like talking about uh, the cheers that they hear during games. And it just says, it's a good day to die. Uh, I will fight no more. Uh, the only good Indian is a dead Indian. Kill the Indian, save the man. Bury the hatchet off the reservation. Indian, go home. No Indians or dogs allowed. And I just got super sick to my stomach. Like, I obviously, I know that this book is like, there's so much many worse parts of this book, but just like, that makes me so mad. Like, it's just, it's so, so real. It's so fucked up. And just like, it's not, it shouldn't be allowed. Like, I just, I, it shouldn't be allowed. Like, how is, how is discriminatory behavior still allowed in our society? Like, I just. Because 10 years ago, we still had those signs up in town. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I hate it. Do better. Do better, America. We literally have no reason to be like this. Like, it's not okay. So, fuck off with all your just discrimination it just ugh. okay so that you tell me, me if you see someone behind me of course will you tell me if you see someone behind me okay <laughs> you won't because it's dark out but are you are you expecting food like no <laughs> i'm confused i just live in town oh, single so you're single white or single white female is what i almost said but <laughs> i get what you're saying okay so that was my note just on page uh 172 is just like man we need to be better like just uh again not really relevant i guess but it's relevant this book is very real yeah it feels very real that's why you got so upset because that is very real because i'm sure you heard that once or twice in high school yeah i'm sure well Maybe not in your high school. Not in my high school because it's very small and I don't think we had that many like um, indigenous humans. But my best friend growing up lived next door to me and he's half like Alaska native. And so, you know, like just stuff like that. Just I've heard the stuff that people have said to him, you know, like and when we were kids, he was pretty white passing, but he's like not so much anymore. So People like yeah. it worse. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so for this next section, they're having a sweat mm-hmm. uh, on this guy's property that he lives on um, in a trailer with his dogs that live in, a, I guess, a camper. Yeah. Just weird. <laughs> um, so there's this girl that lives with, I, I got them mixed up a little bit, Cassidy and Gabe. Yeah, so it's it's Cassidy's girlfriend, and her name is Jolene. Yeah, Cassidy and Jolene, and I hate Jolene because she wants to put ketchup on her mac and cheese, and I just find that atrocious. Um, but they make a point to say that he met her somewhere else, and she's crow, and they're Blackfeet, which is important later. Anyway, because the only other crow person that we know is Shaney. Yeah. So they and gabe is very disrespectful of their relationship and he calls her the crow like which, which I is just, very disrespectful super disrespectful but anyway 
just because she likes ketchup on her mac and cheese does not mean we have to treat her like this yeah it's rude she really gets the short end of the stick in this book she sure does um so yeah there's this evil spiritual presence and they're gonna have this good spiritual ceremony with the sweat um they're having it for nathan's kid nathan is a police officer no, nathan is the kid Nathan is the kid. His dad is a police officer. His dad's name is Victor. Okay, I'm sorry, but I have to pee. Okay, you're a quick peer. Yeah. Hot life. Hot life. (laughs) (sighs) Maybe you're just a slow snack getter. It took a minute and a half to eat up the food. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm just saying, hot life. (laughs) Anyway, so sorry, friends. Um, but so we were talking about uh how they're doing the sweat experience and it's for uh victor who's a cop um it's his his son nathan is like participating and nathan's on a bad path do we talk about it i think we talk about it just in our our follow-up i don't know if you ever talk about it in your notes that like nathan's story is kind of confusing like yeah a little confusing they just never really tell us what's really going on with nathan so i don't understand why we care you know yeah like, he's kind of just there for a singular purpose they just need an excuse they literally talk about how they just need an excuse to have a sweat lodge yeah and like he's like his dad like wants him to go because he's like on a bad path about something about his friend trey like but they don't ever tell us what happened to trey so i don't understand like, can I have a follow-up, Mr. Jones? Can you please, like, what happened to Trey? Like, Yeah, tell me more about Trey. I'm confused. But anyway, so Nathan's there. So, yeah, there. Um, I'm a little, hing- I'm a little um, not excited about this sweat because uh, this section of the book is called The Sweat Lodge Massacre, so I'm assuming the worst out of it. You took context clues this time, not for the house that ran red, though correct <laughs> i was like i'm not gonna trust myself ever again that's funny um i've noticed a reoccurring thing in this book another one um people are always getting bit by dogs mm-hmm. um cassidy's dog bit gabe's hand in excitement uh, which he then you know uh basically pops the dog on the top tip of the nose with his gun not cool maybe don't yeah. do that yeah and the dogs are obviously very excited about it. Like, gee, I wonder what it is. Yeah. And Gabe cracks a joke about how Cass's uh, girl has even turned the dogs against him. To which Cass responds to stay away from the horses then. Which is a joke. But let me just take this moment to remind everyone that I hate horses and horses <laughs> fucking suck. <laughs> and he's a horse hater. Horse hater for life. Dude, I've discovered something recently about horses. So sidebar. Yes. apparently if they are just like putting too much weight on one of their hoofs or something they could develop like an abscess or like a blister in between their hoof and their leg and their hoof will just pop the fuck off wow that's horrible and they'll just have to be on the other three feet which will also then develop the same condition and they'll just slowly die that's horrible yeah horses suck um it's not the horse's fault we're blaming god remember God fucked up these animals. Literally. Um, and then Side, the Earl. Sidebar. 
I don't know why I just thought of this, but there's like a, there's like a, a hike. It's not really a hike. It's like a trail through like a park in my hometown. Like the one that you don't like going to, um, not the park, the town. <laughs> and anywhere there's like a, there's like a walk and it goes up to like this viewing spot on like the river. So you can like see down and it talks about like moose and it has a draw, like a, a drawing of a picture of a moose. And it says like, it says like a moose looks like a community drawn horse. Like, and I don't know why I think about that all the time. Like every time I think about a moose, I'm like, it's a course that was drawn by a community or something like that, or like a committee or something. And it's like, just talking about, basically, it's like a bunch of people tried to draw a horse and this is what it looks like. So when I was like, oh, we we're blaming God. I was like, which, which group of angels is it? Like the design of the moose. Anyway, that was a sidebar. Of I did sidebar. no favors to the, to anything on hooves, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I was on the elk girl's side, um, not Same. anymore. Uh, she does this thing. There's this little line that I don't appreciate um, talking about the dogs and stuff. There are no dogs, not anymore. So she's killed all the dogs. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm not on your side anymore. You vindicted a little shit. Uh, stop killing all the dogs. But sure, leave the fucking horses alive. Make <laughs> that high-pitched, horrible winning noise that literally alerts the native cop to the fact that your little evil ass is around like fuck you and fuck horses <laughs> i would like to say for the record i'm not a horse hater um so before the evil elk lady can get up to too much misdeeds um Cass's girlfriend comes home and and she's supposed to be at work and so she comes home and he's like what are you doing here and she's like, oh, I found some bad news. I called my sister from the break room. And again, as we stated before, she's crow. And so she said, I called my sister and she told me something. And then she says, like, I want to insinuate, like, I want to make sure you know that this is, I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you the story. And then she says that his friend, you know, your friend that just killed those people. And he was like, oh yeah. And she said, yeah he the woman that he killed was my cousin like Shaney was her cousin so then I got really confused because I was like I was trying to guess the plot and I said okay so obviously like this if this elk lady is like hell-bent on destroying them then she like she came into the situation as Shaney and like so she wasn't really dead because of all the scars and everything but then I was like wait a second like the elk lady like couldn't have been Shaney if Shaney was this lady's cousin and then I got really confused and so then like my whole brain I had to reset it and was like I should stop trying to guess the plot of the book and just read it because like <laughs> I was so confused because up until this point I had been convinced that like Shaney wasn't ever Shaney she was the elk lady but she wasn't so I was really confused so I don't know if you had the same problem or if I'm just an idiot but like I never weird. trusted Lewis I always assumed that he was killing innocent women <laughs> Yeah, which makes sense. That tracks. You're smarter about that than me. So <laughs> I'm far too trusting. Um, so that makes sense. Okay, so then I, that was really confusing. I was on page 210. And then I literally get mad 10 pages later. I really like that I don't make comments for like a while. And then like all of a sudden I get pissed off about like six things in a row. Um, <laughs> but like literally 10 pages later on 220, um, it says, sorry, I like lost all the light in my, in the world. Uh, it said, um so Cass finds uh finds the dogs and 
or yeah, no, Gabe is out in like out in the the wild outside of the uh the sweat lodge and he like gets a beer from his truck and goes to get like the cooler water to bring into the sweat lodge so they could drink it and he goes to pee and he realized that he was peeing on something and it's the dog uh the dog the dogs are all out laying in like a pile and uh they're all dead and it says except for one of them miss lefty which i was really mad that we had to learn her name um, and then it says he feels around with his right hand for a rock, finds a good heavy one. And then with his left hand to make sure that where the dog's head is, she's dead now. And it says he sets the rock back down, slumps on his thighs. And, uh, it said when he stands, it's without his beer, without the shirt. Then he looks, then he looks back to his truck where nobody wait, where nobody's there through the tunnel, the windows make walking back. He runs the hair out of his eyes and smears blood all across his face the rock that he used or meant to use it was the same one you used it's almost funny and i was like what the fuck why is it always the dogs in this book like they literally don't do anything they don't deserve this shit and (laughs) it made me so mad and and like it's doing that thing where like it's making us be the killer you know and i was just like i hate it i would never do this to dogs (laughs) so i got super pissed off about it Um, And also then Gabe does this really shitty thing where instead of telling Cass about the fact that his dogs are dead because he thinks the horses like stomped them because the horses aren't apparently in the cage anymore. And so he thinks that they stomped the dog and instead of telling Gabe or telling Cass about it, he just decides to let him figure it out on his own and go back into the sweat lodge. And I think that's really fucked up. Like, but when it actually happens, it's kind of (laughs) hilarious. what actually happens so when Gabe, okay so gabe it's gabe's turn to find his dead dogs and he no, it's Cass's turn to find the dead dogs Cass's turn to find his <laughs> dead dogs and the way he describes it just made me laugh really hard for some reason he's like the dogs were just dogs off doing dog things like dying evidently oh my god <laughs> wait who said that gabe or Cass? um the person whose dogs they were hold on i gotta find it because they were Cassidy's, they were Cassidy's dogs, and I'm like, if he said that, that's fucked up. Um, that's hilarious. I'm sorry. That's just like I took that really like personal. I was like, yes, yeah. Oh my god, he exactly. did say that. Is this Cassidy isn't even trying to solve the big mystery of what happened to his dogs? Five seconds ago, there wasn't any big mystery. The dogs were just dogs off doing dog things, like dying of <laughs> Oh my god, Cassidy. <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> so i cackled <laughs> i did not catch that so that's funny um but also horrible yes yeah, sir i work with dogs so i deal with a lot of dogs dying and dogs dying it's just kind of what they do yeah they live and then they die that's kind of it so that was so that was really funny and we're reaching the climax yeah and i guess this is just how it goes in order first they kill the dogs and then they kill the women oh my god i didn't realize that Dun, dun, dun. Cass blames Gabe for his dog's death. And, um, fuck. Okay. So there's this truck. No, the it's, truck. It's the truck from the incident. The truck from the incident. And it's like on cement blocks in his yard. And he has a thermos hidden under it that you can only reach by shimmering under it. And at this point in time, I guess his girlfriend went under the car to, to get, get the, the money. The money so that she could go visit her sister for this funeral for her cousin, Shaney, that just got murdered by Lewis. Mm-hmm. 
And so they're arguing by the truck and Gabriel like slams his hand down on the truck. And that starts this like series of terribly unfortunate events where the truck just ends up falling like the cinder blocks or like whatever's holding the truck up, like ends up rusting through and it just falls to the ground. Yeah. On top of Jolene. Yeah. And so he's like freaking the fuck out trying to get to her and he just sees her in like the engine compartment because there's no engine and it's just too small if she could have made it a little bit longer if they had both held the truck up for just a couple of seconds she could have made it yeah but Gabe didn't know she was down there and yeah they just let it fall and she smushed to death (laughs) and she was down there getting trying to get the money but the like thermos wasn't even in there anyway and like all the money is in Gabe's pocket and he's like I swear to god I didn't steal your money man you know but like because they doesn't believe him because they left their clothes outside of the sweat lodge so like the elk lady put all the money in his pocket to make it look like he stole it and then put the thermos in his back seat so it looked like he took it and when he got out to get the cooler on the water he grabbed the thermos to use it as like a scoop yeah and so Cass saw the thermos and was like you fucking didn't and his girlfriend's down there looking for the money and then they smush her to death and so yeah dogs are dead girlfriend's dead and now the men are turning on each other. Mm-hmm. Cass scrambles to shoot Gabe because according to him, it's Gabe's fault. His dogs are dead and his girlfriends are dead. His girlfriend said, which is only kind of half true, you know? Yes, but no. Yeah. And so he shoots Gabe through the ear and then shoots his daughter, who they think is his daughter. I mm-hmm. don't know if they're just like, they don't realize it's not her but it was Nathan who was in the sweat lodge. He like heard them yelling and got out and then got shot. And he put on, he was wearing the same like Jersey that like Gabe's daughter wears because like they're from the they same. They go to the same school. Yeah. yeah. And so they thought it was his daughter. So then Gabe loses his shit. Just fucking, they kill it and just fucking kills him. Yeah. Beats the shit and out then of him. To death. Like with the thermos. Like- it's a lot. This book is a lot. <laughs> it's so much. And then poor little Nathan is just like scrambling to get away because he just saw this man bludgeon this other man to death. And so he's, and he just got shot. So he doesn't trust these people. Mm-hmm. And he just like is crawling away and he ends up crawling away into the horse pen where fucking hate horses. He just gets stomped on. <laughs> yep. And it's just like, holy shit. And it's like, dude. I work with a reindeer. He would never do this to me. (laughs) I'm just saying the horses are already on edge because there's this evil elk spirit that's killing dogs. And then these men just got in a brawl and like murdered a woman and then like tried to kill each other. And so like their horses are a little on edge. So forgive them for being upset mm. when something <laughs> crawls into their pen. Like, I know it wasn't just a giant spider. I'd stomp on it too, you know? Like, okay, okay. But yeah, no, it's horrible. Like, and I don't think Ben, I, I, yeah, I don't think your reindeer would do that to you, but he's also a lot smaller than horses. Yeah, the horses might. I don't trust the horses. Yeah, they seem a little. Well, got got some crazy eyes, but uh, yeah, so it's a lot. And I was just like, after that whole altercation where like they, 
it's just a lot of scrambling because he kills like he, Gabe kills Cassidy and then realizes it wasn't his daughter anyway and he was like oh my god man it wasn't her and I'm just like if you guys would have just like talked for two seconds you know like because no. <laughs> because they're like because it's all starts because Cassidy says like he's like oh my god she bit you so you killed them and it's like if you would just have let him talk for a little bit and be like, no, man, I didn't kill the dog, but he's covered in blood because he's a fucking idiot. And I'm just like, all these men are so stupid. Like, they're so because- stupid. <sighs> and also toxic masculinity. Just try to try to talk out your problems a little bit before you result to killing each other. Like, it just- No. <laughs> a little <laughs> Never. extreme. Like, and then Cass is like, oh, you hated my girlfriend, so you killed her. And he was like, oh my God, man, it was an accident, you know? And then it's like, that whole thing happens. And then he supposedly shoots Gabe's kid. And he's like, oh my God, you killed my daughter. And I was like, oh, this is so much because it wasn't even her anyone. He wasn't even dead. Like, and I was just like, this is a lot. If they had taken two seconds to like check on the body before they decided to like kill like Cassidy, maybe it would have been fine. Like, I mean, he still would have shot someone, but at least he wouldn't have shot his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Also, then he makes a point to be like, it doesn't even make sense that she would be here anyway. And it's like, no Literally. doy. No doy. Except, except she does. <laughs> she shows she does up come. anyway. But she comes the next day. Oh, like, yeah, like in the morning. Yeah, so this happens at night, and she comes the next day because she's, like, supposed to get money from her dad or something like that. Um, yeah, because she was supposed to get money. He was supposed to get money for running the sweat lodge, but she shows up, and, like, it's just Denny hanging out with the elk lady who is basically wearing shiny skin. Yeah. Which it's is terrifying, crazy. and so she, like, slowly pieces to clues together about, like, hey, where is everyone? And, like she's playing they're playing basketball and they're just like going really hard on basketball yeah yeah and that that's their battle yeah and it's like really intense and then I really liked like I'll get to it my thoughts but I really like that this like kind of turned into like like Denora's story because she like she's the cloth she's yeah and she's a fucking badass dude like it uh I talk about it in my next note on page uh 295 wait 295 yeah we're almost at the end wow i like really skipped my whole note um your communication note yeah uh i just like i didn't even look at it in the book i just told the story that's what i'm saying um but uh it says uh so basically what happens is she's running away and she's trying to get to the this place the that duck the lake, lake the lake where the massacre happened she knows that there is uh, like vacation homes with phones there because um, her mom left her there and went to her friend's house. So she's trying to find a way to get to a phone so she could call her mom and like tell her to come get her because she's being chased by this evil spirit who killed everyone she knows. And so she's like panicking and she's like running and she's been already playing basketball super hard. And then like she's literally like running for her life through the snow and uh She's trying to get to Duck Lake where she knows there's a phone. And um, then on the way there, she runs into Nathan, which surprised Nathan's not dead, I guess, which was just like, I hijacked her note, but I can't really tell this part without without telling that. Um, so anyway. Yay, Nathan's not dead. <laughs> Nathan's not dead. She finds him on horses, uh, on a horse, one of the horses. Uh, oh, horses. Horse. Why the fuck did you get on the horse? <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, dude, you're alive. Oh my God, go into town and tell my stepdad that I'm here and he needs to help me. 
And so she sends him on his way. And then she's like, he's probably going to die. He's half dead anyway. Like, and so she has to like, because he's half dead and the horse is going to be slow carrying both of them. She just sends Nathan by himself and is like, hopefully he doesn't die on the way there. And she's going to distract the elk lady. So it says, hey, you. Why uh, couldn't she get on the horse? <laughs> because the horse couldn't carry both of them. Like it would they wouldn't have been like it'd been too slow, you know? Okay. Oh, okay. Whatever. Horses suck. I get it. Horses don't suck. They're just like they're not a good means of transportation all the time, especially for two people. A car is better. So anyway, it says, "Hey, you," Denora says, bringing that long elk face around to her. Nineteen sixteen, she says, touching her own chest, then pointing across to the elk head woman. Thought we had a game to finish here. Denora gets the full attention of one of those big yellow eyes, and she doesn't wait. She's already running. This isn't a second or even a 14th win, she knows. This is running on hard pack with feet she can't even feel. This is running downhill towards water. This is the last three, or the real last three seconds. Because she's talking like about giving your all in like the last three seconds of like a sprint, basically. And uh, so I'm just like, this girl is like such a badass. And she's been like, fighting shaney for like or elkhead woman who's wearing shaney skin um she's been fighting her for like like a lot like a lot of pages honestly like 40 pages at this point and it's like been super intense and it's exhausting it's so exhausting i was so tired and i was like freezing and i was like this is a lot um so anyway i was like i was like she's a real she's a real badass and if she dies for like the sins of her father and his friends i'm gonna be like super mad about it because like it just keeps elk lady like promises that she's not going to go after the calf so like she's being a because she makes gabe kill himself like he's the last one standing and she like because he's the one that shot first like in the massacre she he's the one that dies last and he makes like she makes him kill himself and she he like makes her promise not to go after her daughter and then just immediately she's like now we kill the calf like it was her (laughs) whole plan the whole time and i was just like oh my god so i really didn't want her to die and I like that this became like her story. So anyway, uh, we kind of already teased to it, but he he not dead. Um, Nathan not dead. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, and he saves the day. He got he got the stepdad, and the dad was like, "Oh, they got to the elk graveyard, basically," mm-hmm. and. That's when dad showed up, her new dad mm-hmm. showed up with a gun, another rifle, because there's just rifles galore. Mm-hmm. And the elk, I guess, is just like running out of time. And it's just like the ending ending just felt a little convenient for me. I would agree. So like basically times are not for the elk. She turns into an elk. They're in the elk graveyard and her child is there. Her and they just baby. like yeah her spirit baby and they just like go off and join the herd and then you know everyone's all right because denora realizes what's happening and she knows the story because surprise surprise her stepdad is the game warden like we, dun, all dun. we all knew that and he hates her dad and told her the whole story her dad never told her the whole story but she, but he told her the story like her stepdad did so she knows this whole story so then when the gun is pointed at the elk lady which the stepdad's trying to save the daughter she steps in front of the gun and like lets them like reunite and go off together so it like breaks the cycle which it was cute it was cute but 
it's it's not really like the ending I expected, I guess. So, I mean, I didn't want her to, I didn't want Denora to die. I just like, you know, it was interesting. So anyway, that's the end of the book. Um, what, what, what do you think? Like what, what you got? Well, damn. <laughs> um, I didn't read it in one sitting, but I definitely got very into it and then finished it very quickly. Yeah. Um, the second story had me literally like jaw droppingly horrified, shocked, disgusted, every emotion ever. Mm-hmm. And it one of those. It was one of those things that I didn't realize I was holding my breath for the whole time. And then when it finally happened, it was just like holy shit. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed it overall, but the second half just didn't have the same visceral reaction as the first one. Yeah. That shit was wild. Agree. And that was it. Yeah. Um, I said uh, I kind of had to do that thing again. Well, I mean, I did have to do the thing again where I listen to the audiobook and read along because I'm like a kindergartner and I'm too stupid for books, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I like I told you, I read the first chapter and like when like Ricky's death and I literally literally didn't understand it like I did not understand I was like I don't because the writing style was that kind of like I don't want to be sexist but I feel like men kind of write choppy sometimes like like it's just like the sentences are really short and they don't really say what they mean and so you kind of have to infer a lot and it's really hard for me like I need things spelled out for me I'm stupid so like I had a hard time and I read it and I remember talking about it and being like, I don't know if he's dead. Like, I think he is because that's kind of the point, but like, is he dead? I don't, it was very unclear. Like it ends with the, like his section ends with the, um, the headline from the beginning. Like, so it's, I mean, he did die. Obviously that's what happened. I was just too stupid. So I didn't get it. So anyway, downloaded the audiobook. I had to sign up for auto, like, audible premium which I'm kind of mad about um but it's fine I knew I had to do it eventually um but I also really wanted to listen to this playlist that I found because we like we picked this book a long time ago and I finished reading the last book like a while ago so I had already like downloaded this playlist and I wanted to listen to it but I was like I can't do both so I put my airpods in and listen to the 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 music and off my laptop and then i put my corded headphones and listen to like the auto audio (laughs) side so i was just like in my room like with and then after a while my airpods died so then i had to put like my corded headphones in my ears and then i had to get like these big headphones that like aren't mine i don't know where they came from and plug them into my computer so then i just had like double headphones like and it was a lot but it worked i listened to the audiobook at 1.7 speed because they always read too slow um so I did that and then it uh it wasn't perfect but uh, we got to the end and I got to listen to the playlist so that was that was Gucci um this book was literally wild like you said it was shit was wild um I will never look at elk the same way again (laughs) which there's a herd of elk that live in the woods in my backyard so like that's cute um (laughs) I will probably see them again so that was pretty that was pretty rough um once again, I liked this book like a lot more than I thought that I was going to. And then I remember you suggested that we uh, become a horror book podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> I kind of want to say yes to that. But uh, also, it would kind of like, it kind of, it wouldn't be the point of the, of our, our podcast. But it is our podcast, so we can do whatever we want. So if we decide Let's we quit our jobs first. Huh? let's be able to quit our jobs first and also let's maybe read all the books we already bought first before we before all 212 we, of them 
Okay, I don't have that many, but what I mean, before we like all the books we bought specifically for the podcast, like let's, oh, gotcha, let's get gotcha, through those gotcha. first. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, uh, but uh, I concur that the first act was like a lot more terrifying. Like the first Lewis's story was like pretty scary. I felt like I was going crazy, like because I just feel like every every like every roller coaster of emotion he went on, I was also there, <laughs> and I was like, what's Absolutely. happening? So it's crazy. Um, I um I don't think the second like hit as hard I think it just wasn't I mean Denora's story was pretty wild um and I really do like the fact that she lived and that she like ended the cycle and that it was pretty predictable that her stepdad was the game warden but I also just feel like the deaths of Gabe and Cass in themselves weren't as like shocking as what happened to Lewis uh so I don't know I kind of feel like it was like a big climax in the middle and then like the end was pretty anticlimactic but also i think jolene's death the women's deaths were very brutal yes agreed um and also i don't know i just feel like the lead up to Cass and gabe dying was so much it was so much of that like third section like the last section of the book and then like they died real quick in like five pages and then like there there were still 40 pages of the book left and i was just like okay like it's who's just- left <laughs> and then it was denora and i'm glad it was her story but i was just like because it makes sense it full circles with the whole calf thing so it like makes sense but i was just like this is a lot i just feel like we had so much like so much between the sweat lodge and then actually dying i was like i know they die because it says sweat lodge massacres so like i don't know it was a lot um anyway uh full circle the whole book felt really full circle and i thought that was really well done so i was a fan what would you say for genre authenticity i think i was right it was a horror i straight up was horrified I would also agree. I say I believe I'm adequately horrified. And also I think everyone should be adequately horrified because some of that was very visceral. The teeth cracking against the hearth can't get it out of my head. Jesus Christ. Why did he have to take out their teeth? I don't know. It was horrible. So anyway, um, agree, agree. What do you think about the, what are you rating it? One or out of 10? Um, I gave it an eight out of 10 because I did really like it. Um, not since Eric peeled off his own skin <laughs> in the ruins did a book make my skin crawl this way. But I had to take away two points just because I felt the ending was a little anticlimactic. Yes. Um, I also, I think I had it at a nine and then we talked a little bit and I was like, you know what? No, I'm changing my my rating. And we we broke our own rules where we talked about it before we talked about it. But I I said, I I did an eight too. And I said, I got to dock it a couple points because sometimes it was really hard to follow. Like I said, the writing was kind of choppy, which I think is just a, it's a choice. It's a stylistic choice. That's just like hard for me to read. Um, and the end was pretty anticlimactic. Um, it didn't have the same vibe as the end of the ruins, uh, which I don't, I guess I shouldn't really be comparing them because they're not the same, obviously not the same story, but like, I just feel like for my only my second horror book, I'm just like, the ruins really fucked me up with that whole, like, just the next group walk into their deaths kind of thing. You know, you're like, oh no, history repeats itself. And like with this one, it was like, and it, we're over, like history done. Like, so I don't know, not the same vibe. Um, but otherwise it was pretty good chef's kiss. Like I'm probably never sleeping again. Like I was really, I had a hard time. The teeth, the teeth, I can't get out of my head. So, so eight out of 10. Um, anyway, so I guess I hope you guys enjoyed us telling you this horrible, horrible tale. Uh, I still would recommend it. Like 
Absolutely. <laughs> Wild ride for sure. And honestly, I do think I might look into some of his other books. I know he has one like about uh, werewolves and it's called Mongrels and I'm kind of interested. Really? So we'll see. I'll give you another shot. Uh, Steven. Steven. Yeah. Mr. Jones. Um, we'll try again. But the next book we're reading is a historical fiction and I'm very excited about it because I love them. And our last historical fiction was arguably one of our best books, I think. So, oh yeah, I love that um, book. So good. So I'm pretty excited. Um, do you have your book on you or do you want me to do it? You go ahead. Mine's upstairs. Sounds like a plan. So the next one we're reading is called uh, Longborn and it is by Joe Baker. And I will read you the back of the book here. Um, Let me turn my flashlight on. It says, the servants take center stage in this irresistibly imagined below stairs answer to pride and prejudice. When Elizabeth Bennett and her sisters fuss over balls and husbands, Sarah, their orphaned housemaid, is beginning to chafe against the boundaries of her class. When a new footman arrives at Longbourn under mysterious circumstances and the carefully choreographed world Sarah has known all her life threatens to be completely perhaps irrevocably upended here joe baker reveals lives mentioned only fleetingly in jane austen's classic novel daring to take us beyond the drawing rooms of regency england and uncovering the real world of the novel that has captivated the hearts of readers around the world for generations and i'm just so excited because anyone who knows me knows that i'm an absolute slut for anything related to pride and prejudice i listened to the soundtrack to the 2005 film adaptation which is a fucking masterpiece by the way i listened to that soundtrack literally every night to fall asleep like that's i put it on in the background i'm a cr- actual crazy person um i'm so excited for this book um just literally so hype so I, I hope I'm sorry if it doesn't meet expectations, but <laughs> I also like I'm not a huge I don't know I wouldn't say that I'm a romantic obviously we're in a man haters club right now but like I can't get over <laughs> Pride and Prejudice it's like I watch it every time I feel sad I feel like I'm gonna be alone forever so oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much so anyway I'm very excited and uh, I know you're not on the same you're not on the same vibe with me on the Pride and Prejudice thing, but I hope you also enjoy it because it just sounds like a good book. The Footman and the Housemaid, Chef's Kiss. I love historical fiction, so. And it's also like, yeah, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Yay. So anyway, um, thank you guys for coming along this trip with us. Uh, hopefully there'll be a lot more or actually a lot less teeth cracking in this book. Um, we'll let you know next time. Do you have anything that you want to say before I um, I sing us out of here with our our things, our social meds? No, you, you, you Gucci. Gucci. Okay, so thank you for coming with us. Um, if you would like to follow us as we continue this journey, you can do that on social media all across the web the first one is twitter and we don't post anything on there so it's not it's not worth it but we're still there so give us a follow if you feel like it it's a uh, twitter it's going to be at th underscore book underscore book club pod so again i tweet nothing so um we have instagrams and we do have one for the podcast and it is at the Hybrarians book club so you can follow us there we post um about when our episodes come out so if you don't have it on like notification or anything it will tell you and um random other stuff so it's not really that active but indy has her own personal bookstagram that's way more active and way cooler than our 
our I don't know. I don't know why I always self-deprecate our, <laughs> our social media, but like, it's not that good. So if you're expecting a lot, you won't find it, but Indies be popping. So go follow her there. And then also you could follow me if you felt like it. And it's Annie the Sullivan. So that's on Instagram. And then the last thing that we uh, do is we do have an email that if you have any suggestions, book or otherwise, you can send them to us. It's the Club at gmail.com. If you want to send us a book suggestion, we highly uh, request it and we welcome them with open arms. Um, just send us a quick synopsis of the book and why you recommend it and what genre you think it falls into. And we may or may not cover it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. We do have a lot picked out, but we could read it. If, we all love books. Yeah. And if we don't read it, we might still read it on our own time. We all have our personal, our personal little libraries. So I finally have a bookshelf to put all my books in. So nice. Not all of them. Some of them are still in storage, but it's great. So anyway, um, thank you so much for coming with us and we will catch you next time when we read Longborn. Yay. I'm so excited to read this book. It's longer than I thought it was though. So that's cute. I found mine. It's upstairs somewhere. It's history, right? historical uh, fiction yeah it's um it's like about the servants in the household during pride and prejudice so it's like a background what? that sounds cool yeah i'm excited it says the acknowledgement says i can't remember when i first read pride and prejudice it seems as if i've always loved it jane dawson's work was my first experience of grown-up literature and has supplied a lifetime of pleasure it's the only book that as an adult i reread even if after all these years, all those rereadings, and even after unpicking the backing to look at the underside, I still love it. I still admire it. And to inhabit it in a different way has been an unalloyed pleasure. I'm like, oh, she's me. So excited. Yeah, you should write a book about Pride and Prejudice. I just don't think that I could. Like, I don't think I could ever do it justice. But I did find a book. I think I downloaded it on my phone. It's called, like... Or maybe I downloaded it on my Kindle, but it's like the Confessions of Mr. Darcy or something like that. And it's like a short story. It's like a shorter book version of like every time they had an interaction. It's from Mr. Darcy's point of view. And I'm so interested in like reading it because I maintain that he wasn't as bad as people think he is. But. Do you ever read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? No, fuck that. Okay. I refuse. I think of that guy's work. I think I liked Unholy Night the most. I also just like I'm not really in the whole zombie like camp, you know. Like I just like have never really been into like zombie stuff, so I wasn't interested. But yeah, I think it was. It came out right at the height of that, and so I read it because I was into zombies. Yeah, and then I thought the author was decent because he did like a lot of stuff like that, just like fantastical history, like he did Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yeah. And he did something about the last vampire. And then I think that's the sequel that I need to read to Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And then he did this other one about, what was it, about the birth of Jesus. And mm-hmm. that one I thought was really good. Unholy Night. Mm. I think I that I that saw one. something about that. I think we've talked but about it before. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, boring. Yeah. And I don't even know what this one is that's in the pen you left in my truck. So whatever this little amount is left. Yeah. <laughs>
Some fruity, probably. Oh, no, it was the purple. Oh, no, strawberry cough. Oh, yeah, the one that I couldn't do. Yeah. Also, probably just too cough, man. I cough too much. I know. It was, it was a lot. This one that I have, it's Unicorn Jack, and I had to, like, I usually use my, like, button at, like, the highest, like, heat setting, and I had to turn it down because I was, like, I'm dying after literally one puff. Some of them are so fucking harsh. Yeah. So, anyway. Burr. It got cold out here. It's brutal out here. God, it's brutal out here. Two and a half hours and so six Four hours, hours before that. Well, fuck. Okay. We pulled in a full shift. <laughs> full shifts. Got off work early just to come to my next job that I don't really get paid for. We've gotten three whole dollars. Three whole dollars. I literally was like, it's not considered a win until we can get uh, a four for four at Wendy's. Each. We're almost there. <laughs> no, each. Oh, shit. We're not dollars. close. <laughs> yeah. So can I get a McPick too?